three weeks into the quarantine, ATLN's United podcast. I'm Blake, the Marshman. I'm joined once again, remotely quarantined at home by my loyal co-host. ATH Joe, that's at home Joe. Oh man, just doesn't have the same ring to it, Joe. But I got good news and I got bad news. Which one do you want first? Give them to me both simultaneously. That's impossible. You have to pick one. All right, go with the good. Good news is it's been 155 days since Atlanta United lost a game in the MLS. I love this. That is great news. And Joe, I have I have more great news. Is that I heard you're you're a new dad. That's right. I did get a puppy over here. What a great time to get a puppy. <laughs> While everyone has to stay at home, I can stay at home and train my puppy all day long. I know you guys listening to the show last week probably heard him barking all through the episode, but he is just a puppy, so give him a break. Let's, st- let's stop there. You guys don't need any more bad news. There is no bad news. Let's listen for Miles. I'm Miles Robinson. Hello to all my ATLians. Brought to you by Creative Loafing. Well, thank you, Miles. But, Blake, I, I really want to talk more about my puppy because it's just the most cutest thing I've ever gotten. Most cutest? He, most cutest. Is that proper English? Most it's, it's about the best I can get. You know, he is on the level of Spike the dog. Porter, if you put Porter and Spike together, they'll almost look like twins. They're, they should be brothers, and they're both Atlanta United fans. So that's enough said. Tell us tell us more. Like, we really want to know. No one's got anything better going on right now, Joe. What kind of dog is it? How did you how did you acquire this puppy? Uh, what was the transfer fee? And, and do you feel like he has good long-term potential in the midfield? Those are all great questions, Blake. And, and I'll have to say, we acquired him, uh, or, or we scouted him through the online sphere. We went to multiple different shelters or clubs, and we finally found one at a a, a breeder, a breeder of just true and wonderful midfielders. Yeah, uh, he's a golden doodle, so you know he's golden like the spike of Atlanta, like the colors of Atlanta. And at times we might dye his hair red and black and keep the top golden so he kind of looks like Joseph Martinez. Of course, of course. That's great info. I mean, we're all really excited to see this young prospect grow in our youth system, along with Spike, of course. Uh, But Porter is a name to watch out for. You guys keep your eyes and ears peeled. A lot of big stuff coming out of the Masquerie family. And, and we couldn't be more excited to watch Porter grow and develop into, honestly, that dominant midfielder that we've been missing since Starlington Nagby. Yeah, I think he, he might be more of a Julian Gressel level. Oh, okay. Okay, he's more of a crosser. I like it. I like it. Joe, 
we got a really fun episode today and I'm so excited no matter what you guys are doing, no matter how quarantine fevered you are, no matter how sick you are of reading bad news, we have the all-time greatest player and I'm just going to go out I'm going to go ahead and say it in Atlanta sports history and we're featuring him today doing a full breakdown on the king Joseph Martinez and his story. That's right. Joseph Alexander Martinez, our king, El Rey, Smoking Joe, the Venezuelan Viper, the builder of statues and father of Orlando himself. Joe, I have been, honestly, since we started this podcast three years ago, and Joseph Martinez was officially purchased by Atlanta United our, our founding season after we initially got him on loan. I have been wanting to do an episode strictly about the greatest player in Atlanta United history, without a doubt, should have a statue, will have a statue. And the guy that I think has reshaped the MLS, and I, I'm, I'm saying this because I believe it, to become a league where players in their prime can thrive and can have a full city behind them and love them and support them. So I, I'm incredibly excited about this episode. If you guys have been quarantined, if you guys have been tuning in, We'll break it down really quick. Nothing's changed. We don't have a start date for the MLS. You guys probably know that. Uh, Where I live in Fulton County, I can't even go outside anymore unless I'm doing something essential. Things are a little bit bleak, and it's going to be a tough April, but we're going to keep bringing you guys awesome news about Atlanta United, whether it's the history of Atlanta United. I know we got an episode coming up on that. I know we also have some, some kind of backtracks and some bios on some prominent Atlanta United figures coming up in future weeks. People like Frank DeBoer, people like Darren Eels. And and Joe, I don't know if you got to check it out yet, but Darren Eels actually released a new podcast. So if you guys that are listening have not checked that out, it's a great quick listen. Darren Eels dropping dropping a pod. We got some competition out there. Yeah, I saw the podcast came out. I haven't listened to it yet, but I know as soon as we finish recording this, I'm probably going to put in my my headphones and and listen to what he's got to offer. That that's pretty exciting. I Darren Eels always keeps you on your toes and he's very quirky and he, he has a great comments and you know how good he is on Twitter. So I'm sure it's going to be a very entertaining podcast. Yeah. And if you guys are on Twitter, if you're on uh, Facebook, if you follow us on Instagram, uh, we're actually going to try to get Darren Eels on the show and and bring him in when we uh, do a episode on Darren Eels and his background. So if you guys want to, you know, just give him a little nudge, like prod him along a little bit. We're not making any guarantees, but we're going to try to get him on the show. Joe, we need to get right to the point. We need to talk about the king. We need to talk about El Rey, Smoking Joe, and let's dive right into it. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with everything you need to know, and maybe, maybe some stuff you don't need to know about Joseph Martinez. You know what I do when I want Atlanta United gear, specifically ATL and United gear? I go to Phantomaniacs.com. Look at the cool ATLians United swag. You want something specific? Request it. He can make it. Phantomaniacs.com. My fellow ATLians, one of the greatest days came on May 19, 1993, in the lovely city of Valencia, Venezuela, when Joseph Alexander. Martinez Mencia graced the world with his presence. Born 
was the future El Rey of Atlanta United, Smokin' Joe himself, graced us with his presence. And rumors have it, Joe, that he he tried to he tried to bow. Uh, also, rumors had it that he he put his his pointer finger and his thumb together and brought it up to his mouth. It, obviously, he was he was you know a newborn. There's no way he could know what what smoking was. But there are some rumors out there. I've seen some rough rough sketches, some hazy pictures of Joseph smoking as a newborn. It was very very hazy that day. But it was a lovely, lovely time. What a day, Joe. What a day. Joseph Martinez enters the world. And I think I think we, when we really have to tell this story, because this is a story, and it's a beautiful story. It's a story of grit, of determination, of a champion. Let's go back all the way to his early life. And, and, and let's talk about Joseph's family life as a child. And give us a background. I know that he was born to a family in Venezuela, but his grandparents were actually from Colombia. Isn't that right? Yeah, he uh, he was born in Valencia, as we mentioned before, and and he was born to a young couple. His mom and dad were were really young when they had him, and so as many families do when when they have children at a young age, they rely on their parents or Joseph's grandparents, in this case, to really help raise them. And you ask Joseph today, he will tell you that he was raised by his grandparents, Jose and Andrea. And I know that Andrea and and Jose, like like I mentioned before, they they were from Colombia. We actually moved to Venezuela to to really escape some some bad times in Colombia. Obviously, his parents were from Venezuela. Joseph is as Venezuelan as it gets. But tell us a little bit about some of the the you know, the morals that his grandparents instilled in him. Yeah, so his grandparents went through several rough times that I, I really don't know anything about, but that, that's, uh, as they claim, when they moved to Venezuela, they, they had to escape uh, some harsh times from their home country. And, and with that, Joseph will tell you that that's where he really learned that you got to fight for everything that, that you want. you got to work hard at it. it. It's what his grandfather, Jose, will tell him to this day. And speaking of Jose, he he was his main influence coming into the, the football world. You know, Jose would get home from a, a long day at work and, and put on a, a football game and just love it. When in Venezuela, the, the number one sport there was baseball. So Joseph comes home to a, a Colombian grandfather who is all about the football world. And it really is probably the whole reason that Joseph gets into soccer in the first place. Yeah. And it's interesting that you bring that up, Joe, uh, that, that, that impact that his grandparents had on him as he was growing up, baseball dominated Venezuelan sports. And, and I remember growing up as a kid, I was a huge fan of baseball as well. Played baseball. My favorite team was actually the Chicago Cubs. Don't judge me. I only had WGN. I didn't have TBS at the time. I was a young kid. Uh, one of my favorite players growing up was, was Carlos Zambrano. Uh, he played on the, the Chicago Cubs. He was a Venezuelan pitcher. And the amount of passion that came from that country surrounding baseball was just overwhelming. They had a, a huge influence on major league players coming into America. Uh, there was tons of Venezuelan players in the MLB at that time, and there still are. And they still remain a baseball powerhouse. Uh, they've never really been a soccer powerhouse. So 
a Venezuelan talent is very rare to see in soccer. And I think that's what makes Joseph's story even cooler is, is that he comes from Venezuela. And, and we talked a little bit about his family. His grandmother also ran a shop, a, a bodega, a small grocery store called La, Be- La Bodega de la Señora Andrea. Uh, I guess just and, and Andrea's grocery store, uh, if we want to Americanize it. And, and that was a shop at his grandparents' house in the basement that his grandmother ran. And, and that was something that also instilled this hard work. And you have to work really hard to get what you want. Uh, every day he'd see her running a business and, and keeping their family fed. So it just, just a tremendous story of his grandparents taking care of him, his grandparents raising him. And you, you start to see where he develops this love for soccer and also this work ethic um, from, from both his grandfather and his grandmother. Yeah. And, and, and that's what it's all about. You know, a young Joseph Martinez raised by a really good role models in Jose and Andrea. And then he's just started building this love of soccer. And he joined a club when he was nine years old uh, that was a ways away from his home. And he had to travel to and from it by bus or get rides from people. This club was called Centro Italio. And that's where he really started building his foundations. But as I mentioned, his, his grandparents coming from tough times in Colombia. I mean, Venezuela was also a, a hard life to grow up in for Joseph. There were times he mentioned this in in the article of the Players Tribune, where he where players write articles about themselves, how he would sometimes go to soccer practice and home with a, buying a bus ticket, and that bus ticket meant that he wasn't going to eat that night, and he would go hungry. But that's a that was common life in Venezuela, uh, and it was just kind of how he showed that he really committed his life to football. And that that's where he got all his foundation from. Yeah. And it it's really it's really staggering for I think everyone that 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 listens to a story to understand and, and to actually think about that decision. Uh, you know, do I do I want to buy food or water or do I want to buy a bus ticket? And that was a decision that a very young Joseph Martinez was faced with, you know, as early as nine years old. And I, I think something that struck me about that article, Joe, I read it as well, is that the story isn't unique for Venezuelan soccer players. Like that's very, very true. It's, it's a sad truth. And, and Joseph said, life isn't easy in our country. We all know that. But I thought this was really powerful. He said, this environment raises fighters. He paused and said, warriors. I really believe that. And so we have a, we have a fighter, we have a warrior at age nine and, and what a tremendous, tremendous success he goes on to become. Yeah, and you can see that he is a warrior where the way he wears his heart on his sleeve every single game. And so at this young age, nine years old, he he realizes to himself that he wants to make a career out of this. And he is willing to take the journey that, that a professional soccer player must take in order to be successful. And, and that means bouncing around from club to club and oftentimes from country to country. And that's what Joseph Martinez did. And, and Blake, I think this is a good time to let's go into Joseph Martinez club history. Yeah. I mean, after his, his upbringing, Joseph Martinez is a fighter. He's a warrior. And he comes out of this environment. His first professional club was Caracas FC. It's the capital of Venezuela where Caracas is. And, and his first professional appearance wasn't in, until 2010. 
So he was 17 years old at the time. He comes on as a sub in the 70th minute. And that was the first time we saw Joseph Martinez hit the field as a professional soccer player. The amount of work, the amount of training, the amount of effort that it took to get him to that point, you cannot even imagine how many hours he spent. And and what's great about this story is that he comes in and honestly, he, he didn't even he didn't even come in as a prominent figure in the lineup. You know, he's 17 years old, he plays for 20 minutes, and it actually takes him three months to score his first goal. Yeah, Blake, he it took him a while to score that first goal, but after that first goal, he went on to score eight times for his senior team before he even reached the age of 18. And that's what really put him on the map in the Venezuelan football world. And the national team started recognizing this young kid may have a chance to be a star for their national team. And that that's also, that's also where he was getting scouted worldwide including a couple european clubs yeah and i mean european european scouts joe as you know are all over central and south america and and it's a huge focus for european clubs in europe to get young american talent because it's such a hotbed for for players that go on to be superstars and and a lot of these a lot of these you know young youth talents end up in in brazilian clubs they end up in argentina but the, the, the elite players, the European clubs scoop up at a very early age. And this is what we saw with Joseph. And he heads to the polar opposite of probably his environment in, in Venezuela as a youth. At just 18 years old, he heads to a Swiss club in Bern, Switzerland, Young Boys, a legendary club. But Joseph Martinez goes from Venezuela to Switzerland and what a transition that had to be for him it absolutely had to be a big transition and and one of the big things I have to say here that is completely different is a Venezuelan going to Europe at a young age they're investing in that talent he had to show something because yes worldwide they love looking at South American talent but specifically they look for Brazilian and Argentinian talent that's where they look for the hotbeds so for a young Venezuelan to make the move to Switzerland, to Europe, albeit, is a pretty big move. And what made the move easier for Joseph, though, was his best friend at the time, who grew up playing in the club with him, was also selected to move with him to this young boys club. And it's a funny, it's a funny team name. Let's like let's cut straight to the chase, Young Boys. Uh, but Young Boys is is one of the top clubs in Switzerland, and. The Swiss lifestyle is so drastically different from from what Joseph grew up in Venezuela. I mean, when people think of Switzerland, they think of of chocolate, they think of cheese, they think of banks, they think of honestly a luxurious lifestyle. And it had to be a huge adjustment for him to see this amount of wealth. Uh, he was sold to young boys and and moved to Switzerland in January of 2012, and he signed a four year contract. It was it was a struggle. I mean that that that's really if we're being honest, it was it was a hard time for him. He even went a full year at Young Boys at one point without playing in a single game. Uh, but he made his debut about a month after he was signed against Servette. He really started to build a name for himself in Switzerland. He had a reality check when he went to Switzerland. You know, I'm sure in in Venezuela where he was making a name for himself, getting call up to the national team 
he thought he was king at that young age. And then coming to Switzerland, where he, he didn't know the language, he had to learn. He said he learned some German while he was there. Uh, but he, he, had, he didn't know the language, had to really adjust to the new lifestyle. And then the game that he loves to play, to not make that senior team, he really had to dig down deep and figure out what type of mentality he had and, and what type of perseverance is he going to grind hard and, and really work at and, and make his career his own? Or is he just going to whittle away and, and go back home with his tail tucked between his legs? Well, we know what happened in this story. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think it's something that, you know, Joe, I mean, I was I was this age once. I was, I was 18 years old, 19 years old, you know, at that at that age, you know, most most Americans are in college, or most Americans have gone on to their first job after high school. They're not necessarily at the point where they have the maturity level, or they're really thinking about, hey, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? And and Joseph at an early age made the decision to I, I want to be a professional football player. I want to be a professional soccer player. He committed to it, but it has to be very hard when you're in a, a strange country. You, you know, you're not getting the playing time that you expected and, and you're so young, like you just don't necessarily have the, the big picture in your head of what this could lead to. And, and I think this is something that everyone has to go through at a young age and Joseph goes through it as well. And he ends up getting loaned out. He wasn't getting the playing time. He wasn't performing for young boys and they loan, they loan him out, um, after just one season to Thun, FC Thun which is also a Swiss team. And and that's honestly where he really gets some momentum for his career. And, and it's a common thing for clubs to loan out their young players. We see it in Atlanta United with what we just did with Andrew Carlton. We realize he Carlton is a, a kid with immense talent and prospective talent, but he's just not making his way here. So we're not ready to get rid of him yet. So we're going to loan him out see what he can do at Indy 11 in Carlton's point and see if he can grow from that comeback and make a name for himself. Well, this is the thing that, that they did for Joseph Martinez in Switzerland. And he went to Thun and really took full advantage. He, he scored eight goals in 18 games with this team, which is a, it's a pretty good feat. It's not the, the type of goal scoring that we see from Joseph today, but this is still a young developing Venezuelan prospect. And, and to score Eight goals in 18 games, that's more than a goal every other game. Or it's about a goal every other game. That's a pretty good feat for a young kid. And then that is what quickly brought him back to young boys. Yeah, and it's really just tremendous story because, I mean, honestly, Andrew Carlton's a good, it's a good example. I think that Andrew was distracted by Buckhead. He was distracted by fame. He was distracted by being popular in a large city. I think for Joseph, it had to be very lonely at times, being so far away from other Spanish speakers, being so far away from his family. And then to go to this club and the club say, ah, yeah, you're not really working out. We're going to loan you out. I feel like that lit a fire under him, going back to his days with, with Andrea, going back to his days with Jose, and, and learning that life is an easy and, and to be a fighter, to be a warrior, and to go out on loan and to score eight goals in 18 games, okay, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good return. But all of a sudden, Young Boys was like, wait a second, we want this guy back. 
Um, he had been put in the running for top score in the Swiss Super League. And young boys, since he they had sent him out on loan, they said, okay, we want Joseph Martinez back. And he came back and performed well, and if not great, for young boys before he went on to his next chapter. Yeah, and, and so with that, he was able to get sold to Torino. So he, he saw his career in Switzerland wrap up, and now he's moving to Italian Serie A, one of the top leagues in all of the world. You've got to rank the Italian league in the top four or five possibly leagues worldwide and, and this club Torino uh, a, a name that they're constantly in the top league they're, they're they're always fighting mid to top table sees this young talent and, and they they invest in him you know they his transfer fee was three million euro a, a pretty significant fee for a young kid uh, a young South American that's not from Brazil or Argentina and so they see the talent that they have here and he makes this chapter of his life. Yeah. And I mean, it's again, a, a crazy transition. Now he's heading to, to Turin. He's heading to, uh, you know, honestly, it was, it was actually the first Italian capital way back in the 1800s. It's a, uh, it's a city fairly close to Switzerland. So maybe not that much of a transition for him up in Northern Italy. And, and he honestly comes into this league and has no, Italian knowledge. He doesn't speak Italian. Uh, he got transferred in for, I think, 3 million euros. So a fairly high transfer fee at the time. And and high hopes. Who is this young Venezuelan talent? He's been doing well in the Swiss League. We're going to bring him in to Torino. He's going to play in Serie A. He's going to be playing with the best in La Liga. Or, I'm sorry, Serie A. And there was, there was still a... a Big unknown around Joseph Martinez. What is he going to turn out? Is he going to be a superstar or not? And Joe, I know you actually got to meet Joseph like when Atlanta United was first created and Joseph Martinez, you met him at a Braves game. Yeah. And, and I think you guys actually talked about his time in Italy. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. I've, I've talked to you about this in length and and other podcast listeners. You guys met, heard me, if you're longtime listeners, talk about this briefly at times throughout the show because I was pretty excited that I got to meet El Rey. And this is before he even earned the nickname El Rey. This is early on, 2017. It was at a Braves game. And and it was really cool because I got to sit down next to Joseph Martinez. It started raining. Everyone went inside uh, or took shelter. The game was still going on. And I sat down side by side with Joseph. And he was down to earth. He was talking to me uh, in English too. It, and we talked a little bit. I asked him about his history. How did he like Europe? And one thing he really mentioned to me is how beautiful Italy was. And, and he loved his time in Italy because of where he lived, which was at the base of the Alps. He had a great view of the mountains. Uh, the, the people were beautiful. The, he loves the way they dress. He was really talking about that. And and then the other thing we, we talked about in our, our brief conversation was his love for watching baseball too. And the fact that he was there that day was to watch his best friend who was playing on the field at the time, Francisco Cervelli at, at that time was the catcher for the Pittsburgh pirates. And, and if you guys follow Joseph on, on social media, you see that he does hang out with Francisco Cervelli all the time. He has pictures of him all the time. So he, he has a great friendship there, which made me lead to believe last year when the Braves brought Cervelli in to close the season out, I'm sure that was, that was wonderful for Joseph Martinez that his friend came to Atlanta. But but the point I wanted to make in our conversation was how Joseph loved 
the Italian lifestyle. Yeah, and dare we say that he got a little bit of his style from Italy. I mean, Italy is the style capital of the world. And everyone that's watched Joseph for a while knows that, that this guy does not lack style. If there's one thing that you're going to say about Joseph Martinez is that he's going to be the best dressed. And he's also going to come out with, you know, occasionally a ridiculous hairstyle, which we, we talk about frequently on our show. But I, I think this is such a, a unique chapter in his life. And it's so cool you got to meet him, Joe. How did he do at Torino, I guess? Because this was this was his last club before he came to Atlanta United. What was his time there like? Well, it started out pretty prominent. And, you know, he was able to make great friends. He was the same Joseph we all know that always fought very hard. Uh, he made his first appearance in 2014. And he, he became a figure in the Europa League, which is... A, a pretty pre- prestigious tournament in Europe is just under the Champions League, but it still is European, inter-European competition. And he was able to score a goal for the club in this league. So that that's one of his highest attributes. If you ask him today, what is one of his best goals? He will say when he scored in the Europa League, it will be one of his goals. And, and he had several great appearances, but it just started to, to diminish as time went on and he started losing playing time and he felt at the club and maybe country even started to turn on him. And he may even tell you that, that he doesn't want to talk about it, but he felt that Venezuelans were not as well represented as a, maybe as I mentioned earlier, Brazilians or Argentinians who really get the, the, the pick of the litter when they go to Europe, that everyone thinks if you're a Brazilian or Argentinian, you're going to be able you're going to be great someday, and they'll give you more leniency. Well, Joseph really had to fight for everything that he got there. Yeah, and it, it kind of goes back to what I said. Like Venezuela traditionally is not known as a, a as a soccer country. I mean, it, it's a baseball country, and Joseph's love for baseball and, and kind of your story about him with Cervelli and, and his connection to the Braves is what makes, in my opinion, Joseph such a part of Atlanta culture. It is Joseph's a huge Braves fan. He loves baseball. He's going to be there at the games. But it, it's tough for Venezuelans because there isn't that legendary Venezuelan player that shocked Europe. You know, there's those legendary Brazilian players. There's there's Ronaldinho. There's Ronaldo. Obviously, there's a legendary Ar- Argentinians like Messi that have come in and just torn apart European soccer. But looking back through time, Joe, there's not been that Venezuelan viper there's not been El Rey there's not been that superstar coming from Venezuela and I think that stigma like it or not it just exists and fans got onto him quickly Uh, his manager lost faith in him and I think that when things started to sour is right about honestly late 2016 and guess what there was a new club starting up in 2017 in Atlanta, Georgia. And that's when the story really gets cool. So Joe, this brings us all back. It brings us all back full circle. It's it's 2017. And 2017 is a special year for all of our listeners and everyone associated with Atlanta United. And we bring in this, well, I mean, he's kind of a no-name player from Italy. We're, we're, we're all asking ourselves, who is Joseph Martinez? And on February the 2nd, 2017, Lane United brings in Joseph Martinez on a loan with an option to buy, which if you guys aren't familiar with with soccer or football terminology, a loan basically means that 
Torino continues to own the player, and Atlanta United had an option to purchase the player, so bring him on full-time at a set price when we first brought him in. And he makes his debut our very first game in Atlanta United history against the Red Bulls at Bobby Dodd. Joe, tell us tell us about the atmosphere that night and tell us about your memories of that game. Oh man, my memories of that game have to be a lot like everyone else, just just shocked at how amazing the atmosphere was and knew then and there, if I didn't already know it before, that this is going to be a lifelong love for me to watch this club in the in the way that they grow. And, and that we have just been able to bring it every single game since then. And you know Joseph Martinez as well as the rest of Atlanta United sees it too. Joseph even came out and said that he before his time in Atlanta, he had only played in front of crowds as big as we bring once or twice in his career, not consistently week in and week out. Yeah, and it, it was it was a magical night. Like if you guys are new to the club or if you guys weren't around in February of 2017, it's really hard to explain the atmosphere. Like one, we didn't know what we were doing, right? Like our chants were kind of repetitive and weak. Uh, we were playing at Georgia Tech's football stadium, which a lot of people are like, you guys are playing at a college football stadium? Like, what? what is that? Bobby Dodd is hallowed ground. Like, Bobby Dodd is one of the all-time greatest soccer venues in the world for all that I care. Because that's where we started. Everyone needs to know that this club was built at Bobby Dodd. And the atmosphere we brought on night one was electric. It was incredible energy. And, and I know an old guy... An old friend, Yamil Assad, he scored the first goal in club history. We ended up losing the game to Red Bulls 2-1. No one remembers that. We went on to have great, great moments at Bobby Dodd. And one of the greatest moments, honestly, for me, was seeing the emergence of Joseph Martinez. But before that even occurred, week two, we played at Minnesota United in the snow, the snow game. It's a legendary game, Joe. Joseph Martinez was new to the club. Yeah, they tell us about that day. Yeah, they they just replayed the the snow game last weekend on Atlanta United's website as they've been doing kind of like uh FIFA is playing reruns of World Cup, Atlanta United is doing their own version and playing reruns of great Atlanta United games in our short history. And this was probably my most memorable game to watch. First road game I got to watch, it was a snow game. You don't hardly see snow games in soccer. I mean, it happens, but not that often. And, and it was pretty cool to watch. We win 6-1. to one. Uh, Lights out performance from Joseph Martinez and Miguel Amarone. And, and he won player of the week that week, Joseph did. And, and it, it just cemented the fact that Atlanta United said, you know what, we need to sign this guy. Oscar Romero, who? Yeah, that's right. Oscar Romero was the guy that Atlanta United brought on as their third designated player before Joseph Martinez, but China swooped in, took him away. We had to freak out and find a, a third guy, and that's maybe why we did the loan for Joseph because we weren't quite sure. But it only took three games for Atlanta United to really submit, for Joseph Martinez to submit his label and legacy for Atlanta United. And with that, guys, I need a beer. Beer of the week! Every week. That's right. Even during the quarantine, we're bringing you beer of the week every week. Don't care. Hope you guys aren't drinking too much during this quarantine. Make sure you get some fresh air. Make sure you get some sunshine. But to make time for a beer or two. Well, Blake, by you guys, do you mean me too? Oh, I'm 
I, I'm talking about myself, man. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm looking in the mirror. Because I've made a, you know, I'm staying sheltered at home and, and, and sheltering in place until I need to go out and buy more beer. And, and then I make a run to the store, which is an essential need. It, it falls under right. the most essential category in my book. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's where I'm at too, man. Like, honestly, I I really know that I need to leave my house when I run out of beer. And and shoot, gosh, I think I only have like six or seven left. I'm starting to freak out. I'm not going to talk about it. Let's talk about the beer we got this week, Joe. And it's from one of our sponsors and partners for this year, Steady Hand Brewing. We had a fantastic time at their anniversary party. Gosh, it feels like five years ago. It wasn't even a month ago. Uh, but Steady Hand Brewing on the west side, and they gave us a great beer to feature this week. It's their lager. It sounds so simple. It sounds so basic. And if you guys haven't seen the can, this can is the most American can you'll ever see. And let's go ahead. Let's spike it home, Joe. Let's talk about the beer. All right, Blake. I will spike this one home for you. And for all you ATLians out there, I hope you're able to spike a beer in yourself or be able to to make a run to the store to get one. But this is to you. A-T-L. I'm picturing a, a fantastic spike because we're remote. I can't really tell. Uh, it was very foamy. I had to back away from the microphone. <laughs> it kind of exploded a little bit. One of those aggressive spikes. That's what she said. But it was worth it. Joe, we... We, like I said, went to Steady Hands anniversary party. We had a fantastic time. It was actually the last Atlanta United home game. That was our tailgate, essentially. We, we hung out there for a couple hours before the game. Tell us a little bit about this beer. And, and at that anniversary party, I had plenty of these lagers because they were easy to drink. You could drink them all day long. Uh, and, and Brian, the, the brewmaster there, who was on our podcast last time, Steady Hands, was one of our beer of the weeks and he has plenty of great stories i can't wait to get him back on here so he can tell us more about his his beer gypsy days but getting back to this beer it, it's just a, a easy drinking american lager it, it just goes down so smooth it's kind of like a bud light on steroids it's like uh it, it has everything you want in like a light drinking lager but i i feel 10 times more american every time i drink this beer uh the, the can is phenomenal it looks like something that, that Evil Knievel would drink. It looks like something out of, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Hot Rod. It's one of me and my little brother's favorite movies. It, it's just it's just an American beer. And it's actually modeled after Evil Knievel. We talked to Brian last time he was on the show. He talked about this beer. He's like, yeah, I mean, our inspiration was from Evil Knievel. It doesn't get much more American than that. And in a time where our country was going through a hard time, I think... I think the most American thing we can do, Joe, is drink a lager. And this has 100% sourced craft malts from, from this region. You can't get a better lager out there. I, I, I really believe it. Yeah, and you can't get more uh, local than, than sourcing your malts locally. Did I say that well? It was, it was very it, local. It's very, a very, very great thing that they're doing for this, this country. I want to just go ahead and say the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag of the United States of America for which it stands and to the Republic. You forgot, you forgot. Anyways, <laughs> we're going to skip that, but I thought that was a great part. Joe, I, uh, I appreciate your patriotism. Let's, let's go back. Let's go, let's go back to, to why everyone's listening. And let's talk about the King arriving in Atlanta. Hey, AT aliens. Are you guys interested in additional Atlanta United content? Or are you guys interested in helping us eat? Consider contributing to patreon.com slash United. That's patreon.com 
slash ATLNs United. Yes, and what a wonderful time. The King coming to Atlanta. And Blake, you went through his beginning, and now he's on the team, signed permanently. And you guys know his stats. We've all watched Joseph Martinez and how he just lights up the net, lights up the scoreboard every game, day in, day out. What I want to talk about is Joseph Martinez himself and the fact that to him, Atlanta is family. And Blake, let's let's dive in to what makes Joseph Martinez so great. And Joseph himself will tell you it was all Miguel Amaron. <laughs> and I mean, I think that's a hilarious point you bring up. And it, it shows that even a guy that a lot of people would perceive as as confident, as as almost arrogant, as a look at me kind of character. He's, he's actually a very, very humble guy. And I think that's what makes Joseph Martinez so likable is his humility and his ability to take, you know, what's in front of him and, and pass it on to the person that deserves recognition. And I think, I think he claims the reason for his success early on is Miguel Almiron, is Miggy. And I think that that's such a cool story. I, I, I just, I, obviously another legend of our club one that's no longer playing for us. But I think that for him to say that, hey, my early success and, and my success continued on is because of Miguel Amaron is is just a beautiful thing. And it it, it warms the heart of every Atlanta United fan. And, and I think it, it has a lot of truth to it too. Joseph comes to this club after spending time in Venezuela, Switzerland, and Italy. And all three of the clubs has his times of success, has his down times as well. Well, then he gets to Atlanta and he's seen almost nothing but success. And he talks about in his early days at the training facilities, which he's never seen training facilities like this in his life because Atlanta's front office did such a good job building a foundation in Atlanta. But post-practice, he would stay late to do some drills. And he said every single time, he knew Miguel Amaron was going to be there because there was no question. Miggy stayed late. He was the first one to the practice, last one to leave, always working on drills, always bettering his game. And there was just a bond that grew between Joseph and Miggy just so fast and just through both of their love for the game and their tenacity to always get better. So much so that, that Joseph and Miggy became best friends and Joseph introduced Miggy to his biggest role models in, in his grandparents and specifically his grandfather, Jose. And Jose is a character. Jose not only was a Venezuelan, let, let's just go ahead and say he, he was a Venezuelan outcast. He was like, yeah, baseball is whatever. I like soccer. I like football. In his country growing up, that had to be a huge challenge. He, he immigrated from Colombia. Then he wasn't a baseball fan. Jose knows what it's like to have the crowd against him. And, not only this, but he becomes friends with Miggy, Jose, and Joseph. And Jose, Joseph's grandfather, actually is famously quoted as telling Miggy to his face that he runs and looks like an ostrich. <laughs> to me, that is just absolutely hilarious. And it's also true. Miggy looks like, like an ostrich. Yeah, that's so great. And, and, and that comes from the fact that, that Miggy 
is a huge football fanatic, watches all sorts of games, especially Barcelona, and just like Joseph's grandfather, where Joseph doesn't really watch as many clubs around the world. He works on his own game, but kind of has other stuff outside of soccer. Well, Miggy and Jose are are soccer 24-7, and when they get together, they're just nonstop talking about soccer. And I'm sure Jose is there just critiquing every bit of Miggy's moves all the way to the point where he, he came out with the quota of calling him an ostrich. It's, it's, it's just wonderful, but it, it shows the, the relationship that those two had. Yeah, I mean, as Darren Eels would say, it's, it's bloody great banter. It, it was fantastic that Joseph and, and, and Miggy built this relationship at such an early time in their career when Atlanta United was rising as a club. And we have these two players, honestly, fantastic talents, Coming from a, 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 a honestly, it, it seemed like Joseph and Miggy were meant to play together in terms of their connection and where they came from. And this kind of got built up, built up, built up. But it turns out they both had a, a youthful love for Dragon Ball Z, which I don't know if any of our listeners used to watch Dragon Ball Z, but thus we get fusion. Yeah, the, the famous goal celebration Joseph and Miggy do together. And it's something that Miguel brought to Joseph himself tell growing up as a childhood Dragon Ball Z fan and showing the fusion, telling Joseph, when you touch fingers together, you get stronger. And so they came up with after hand sanitizer. Well, that's that's these days. I'm sorry. I like to I like to reflect on the old well, days that now fusion is never going to be the same. Blake, why would you why would you even bring that up? Well, good news is that they do fusion across globe right now so they're not technically touching fingers unless they have a a a portal to stick their hands through which it it has become the greatest goal celebration across the globe and it really is it just really emulates the style and flair that joseph martinez brings speaking of style we're going to take a really quick break and we'll be back with the final breakdown of joseph martinez Joe. When people think of style, they think of some of the all-time greats. They think of David Beckham. They think of Derek Zoolander. They think of Cristiano Ronaldo. And I have one more for you. I have Joseph Martinez. This is a this is a player born in the Americas, raised in a very challenging situation, and then moves to Switzerland, moves to Italy, learns style. And then finally comes to America, coming to America, and he brings his own style. And not just a style on the football pitch, but a style of hair. And we featured him many times on Hair Watch. You guys know if you've listened for a long time that I love Joseph's hair almost more than I love myself. But I will say this, that Joseph Martinez is a unique player. It's a player that the MLS has never seen and may never see again. And Joseph Martinez is an enigma. Whether it's his hair or how he plays on the pitch, I think that Joseph Martinez, and this is a hot take, is the best thing to ever happen to the MLS. And that's why this injury that we haven't talked about to this point, his ACL injury, coming at a time where, uh, you know, we don't even have soccer anymore, is kind of ironic because it's like, okay, Joseph got hurt and the MLS just ceases to exist. Some people would find irony in that. I, I, it might be a coincidence. I think it just makes sense 
No Joseph, no MLS. Let's talk about how he plays, Joe. Joseph can play as a target man. He can play as a nine. He can play as a false nine. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. He's got great hair, beautiful hair, but he changes it so much you can't keep up with it. That's why we had to make a spreadsheet for how many goals he scored based on hairstyle. I'll give you guys a a, a little bit of a hint. If he's blonde, he's probably going to score more goals. This guy is not the tallest player, but he can jump out of the roof. He's accurate with both his feet, left or right foot. He's dominant on his right side, but also his head. He scored so many fantastic headed goals. And he is tenacious. I would even go ahead and say vicious. The Venezuelan Viper. He will do whatever it takes to score a goal. Whether that's running someone over or maybe maybe even taking a little bit of a flop, a little bit of a dive to win a penalty. Joseph is going to do what it takes or breaking yeah, or breaking his nose to score a goal. That's a great point, Joe. He's going to do whatever it takes. And and for you guys that like want to describe Joseph, he's been described in so many ways. He's got great hair. He can score any way you want and he is going to score no matter what obstacles you throw in his way. Joseph Martinez is the best striker that I have seen live on a consistent basis. And that, I mean, obviously I'm biased. I've been an Atlanta United season ticket holder since day one back in 2017. But this guy is why people love the game. They love to see him get into the positions he gets in and have the tenacity that he has. So that that's, that's my breakdown of Joseph, his style. That's all I got, Joe. Take it away. Well, let me add a, a few more things here with, with Joseph Martinez and, and what I see in the Joseph that we see on the field. Uh, one thing is he, he is can play either a hold-up striker where he holds up playing and gets the attacking midfield in and is able to play quick two-touch passing where he, he can move the ball real quick back and forth with his, his midfielders around him. And then also when he gets into the box, that's where he becomes lethal with the goal-scoring ability. When he has the ball and he's shooting in the box, majority of the time it's going to the back of the net. One thing he, he may lack is is the deep shot. You, you don't typically see him getting the ball outside the box and taking a strike, but that's because he, he loves hanging around the last defender. And, and you'll see him a lot of times, especially early on in, in the Tata days, he liked to, to hang on the offside line and maybe even be offside most of the game until his team dribbles up the ball to where he can jump on side at the last minute and be wide open for a, a quick strike. And, and it's, it's that's the style that he brings to the field. Uh, so he also, as you mentioned, it's not the tallest guy, but he can jump out of this world and, and get onto any header, which makes him the perfect target striker. It, it, the Not the atypical not the typical target target striker with his size, but the fact that he can jump to make up for it, he is a great target in the box. So we know, Joe, that Joseph, since he's come to Atlanta United, has been nothing but a success story. I think it's it's appropriate to end the show by just running down some of his accomplishments and then running down some of his greatest quotes. So we're going to leave you guys with this. I'm going to go through kind of his awards, his accolades, his factoids, and then Joe, you can go through the quotes 
that I think really defined Joseph Martinez. MLS Cup, he wins it in 2018. He wins the US Open Cup in 2019. He also won the Campiones Cup in 2019. He's made the MLS Best 11 three years in a row, 2017 through 2019. Obviously, everyone knows he won the MLS MVP in 2018 along with the Golden Boot. He made the All-Star team in 2018 as long as as well as 2019. He was the All-Star MVP as well in 2018. So he got MVP Golden Boot and All-Star MVP, and he's won MLS Player of the Month too many times to count. He also won the MLS Cup MVP the year we won it all in 2018 and Goal of the Year in 2019. Joseph Martinez has not only taken the MLS and grabbed it by the horns and said, you are now my bull, but he has said that I am going to set records that this league has never seen. Despite what superstars we bring in from outside of MLS, we brought in Zlatan Ibrahimovic to MLS last year. We've brought in Wayne Rooney. We've brought in older aging players. Joseph Martinez is determined to stick with Atlanta for the long haul and to write his name in every record book that exists. And he's already done it, and I can't wait to see what he does in the future. Well said. And let me go through a couple of great Joseph Martinez quotes. So great that these are tattooed on his body. On his neck, you have, what we do in life echoes in eternity. I believe that's Gladiator. No, no, that's Joseph Martinez. But I think it's also... I think it's also Gladiator. I think it's Russell Crowe. So Russell Crowe is tattooed on Joseph's neck. Well, I I mean, it's just literally one of the greatest Roman movies ever. Gladiator, Russell Crowe comes in. Uh, General Maximus, he addresses his troops and he says, hold the line. Stay with me. If you find yourselves alone riding in the green fields with the sun on your face, do not be troubled for you are in heaven and you're already dead. Brothers, what we do in life echoes in eternity. That was the best. That was- wow, do you have that memorized, Blake? No, but I. that's my favorite movie. Anyways, never mind. I'm- oh, you, you had me fooled there. I, I couldn't see you. I, I thought you were doing all that from your memory of, of the love of that movie. No, I mean, no, I, I, I did, but I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I'm sorry to interrupt. Ah, Go that's on. all good. But that's not the best tattoo he has on his neck. I, I'd say the best one is, is he has the number 17 tattooed on his neck, as in... We are number 17, Atlanta United supporters. But going on that, that, that's Joseph Martinez's number. And when he came to Atlanta, being number 17 his whole career, especially on the Venezuelan national team, that was his number. He gave it up to the Atlanta United supporters, seeing what we had here. And now he wears number seven. And he is the number one before the seven. And it makes him number 17. And now it's on his neck. Uh, another great quote that's tattooed on his forearm. God is my guide and family is my strength. And that truly is how Joseph Martinez lives his life. And perhaps the best quote that he recently has tattooed on him, Atlanta es familia. Atlanta is family. And yes, Joseph, Atlanta is family. We've had some other great Joseph Martinez quotes. I, I didn't mean to uh, to steal the show with my, with my what we do in life echoes in eternity, but I think this is good, and Britt can edit me out because we are a family-friendly podcast, but one of the most fantastic quotes from Joseph Martinez about Atlanta, in my opinion, is we're the only team in the city that wins. That's just beautiful and true and kind of sad for the Falcons and the Braves. The Braves have a World Series. They did win one. Joseph was what? Three years old? Something like that. He probably doesn't remember. I mean, I don't really remember it either, but I was alive. <laughs> it was It was good times for people that were older than me. 
<laughs> that were really into sports at that time. <laughs> I think we can sum up this episode by by like what Joseph has always said: Atlanta's family. Atlanta means family. And guys, we know no matter what situation you're in right now, it is not ideal. It is not what you imagine 2020 looking like. We just want to let you know we're here and and we're we're all in this together. And uh, hopefully, Joseph Martinez can provide inspiration during these trying times. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I, I I I really miss seeing your face, man. This this remote thing is hard, but I know we're being safe. I'll I'll text you a picture later, post show. Hopefully with Porter. Hopefully with the dog, the young prospect. I can do that. I can make that work, guys. If you haven't already, like, subscribe, try to, you know, give a little love to the AT aliens that are struggling through this quarantine. I'm just kidding. We're, we're totally fine. But wa- wash your hands before you press that like button and then yeah. promptly after. Yeah. We really just need some, well, Joe really just needs some more beer. So we'll, uh, we'll be back next week. We got another exciting episode. We're going to keep bringing you guys content all throughout the quarantine. Remember that Atlanta is family. Atlanta means family. That's not my quote. That's Joseph Martinez's quote. And we'll see you guys next week. And Rometty nearly dispossessed by Youngberg. LGP slides to send it up to Barco. Ezekiel playing it through to Almiron now, left attacking third. Almiron's cross for Joseph. They're going to do it. Number one, would you take us for? Got a shout out off the blanks in the corner.